Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. We are coming to uh, kind of a, a closing out, which is the most actually uh, the most important part. Do you guys know the literary term dunama? Do you know what, anybody know what that is? Some some people read quite a bit, so they understand it. Um, dunama is a literary term that's used to the unraveling of the issue. So when someone writes a story, there's usually some point in time, even if it's a detective story or a, a spy novel or some like, something like that, that this thing starts to unravel and you start going, oh, and you get it. So that's sort of what this week and next week will be with this, just about how we handle what our culture and our times are taking us through right now. Um, it, it feels, oh, by the way, well, we have child care available now. It's in your bulletin, but for little kids, like up through ages four and five, why uh, we're, we're able to, you just go through these doors and in the lunchroom, the nursing mother's room, and there's a room right behind there. And uh, Molly's in there, and you can take your children in there. So there's my, getting my announcement in. But anyway, in looking at the, how, you know, how do we really prepare our hearts? Because a lot of the time I feel, uh, I mean, in the past year or two and what it seems like politically, and I hate talking about politics, probably like everybody does, but just politically and social, there just seems like such an upheaval. And if you're raising children or have grandchildren or you have friends who are raising children, there, it just feels like it's a pressure cooker, doesn't it? Am I, are you tracking with me on this? Hope you've been tracking with me on this. And then you kind of go, what do I do? You know, uh, how do I get through this? So we've been focusing on these are our faith responses to these things. And one of them is making sure that within our own lives, we stay within the gospel. It's very easy through circumstances to get pulled away from the actual gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're actually supposed to, we, didn't, we don't quit living the gospel. Um, all of Paul's admonishments, as you learned Christ, as you received Christ, now so walk you in it. So it's, we know it's by faith. And so then it comes down to questions regarding faith and what does that mean. And last week I closed with what is not the gospel and about the different things that you can hear within the framework of church or religious teachings or getting stuff online. And there's so much good stuff out there. Really is. There's good, if you, you know, I would encourage you to follow Paul Ellis. I would encourage you to uh, follow Andrew Farley. They, they're just spot on. If you can get anything from John Lynch, gobble it up. It's the best sandwich you can get. Uh, he's on Facebook and he, he loves to post. He's, the ex, he's opposite from me in that. I don't like to post. Occasionally I read it, but John's words are so deeply, deeply. I know a couple of you because I, I, I got back on Facebook because of Marketplace. Don't try and contact me through Facebook. It won't work. Um, I won't respond. 
However, with being on that, I started seeing John's posts again, and it was just like little filet mignon sandwiches. I mean, it's just like that guy within eight sentences can write the most encouraging thing to your heart, and he stays right there, right in the center of the gospel of grace, and he promotes it over and over and over again. You know, and we looked at how you tell the difference between a grace message and a graceless one and how that does. Then the next thing is really this. Within our times, we need to learn to exercise our faith. The Word of God tells us this. To each one, a measure of faith has been given. And even when we feel faithless, there's still a seed of faith there because you believe. And I, you can struggle with belief. I've struggled with belief. There's no, there's no kick the dog thing in that. That's pointless. There's times when you go, yeah, but what about... And, you've, and it feels like a struggle and everything. And that's exactly when it's time to exercise faith. And then also looking at cultural issues regarding exercising faith. Um, it's so fascinating. I got in, and this isn't exactly following the notes up there, but I, I put one quote from Acts 16 up there, but I actually want to read a lot of this chapter to you to get a cultural and historical perspective on how Paul and Silas handled what they were going through politically socially, uh, trying to preach the gospel to people. The, the most famous thing in Acts 16, besides being a history of what they were doing, is that we all know that uh, there was an earthquake to let them out of prison and they didn't go anyplace and they were, what were they doing at the time? That doesn't, you know, it sound, that sounds like the dunama, the, the, you know, the, oh, I get it now. But actually, you have to read the whole chapter and understand the cultural pressure cooker that they were under. So I'm going to start in verse 1 of chapter 16 of Acts. It says, uh, Then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. So he's from a mixed background. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him. Now, what do you know about Paul and circumcision? <clears throat> Paul was completely against it. And you're going, what? Well, he started to succumb to pressure, you know. Paul's like you and I. We think Paul was so perfect. Paul's like you and I. And he came under pressure. So they, <laughs> Paul wanted to have him go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in the region, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. He succumbed to religious and political pressure. And who, who knows? I don't know how old Timothy was, but he was old enough to go owie. Uh, and, uh, and I'm, I'm sure it wasn't an easy thing. <sighs> Let me keep reading. 
And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep. <laughs> now, you got to remember, don't you think Paul kind of felt hypocritical here? He's telling them the stuff that they need to keep, only he just didn't keep something that he believed. Now, I'm not putting Paul down. I just want you to see something historically. When times around us become in turmoil, we don't always choose to exactly do the right thing. But God doesn't quit. He doesn't give up on us. That's the gloriousness about seeing this historical chapter. Let me read on. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. It did not hinder what God was doing. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. You go, what? The gospel sometimes isn't supposed to be talked about. There's areas that the Holy Spirit chooses not to be done. Now, I've seen people use something like this to say, yeah, the Lord wouldn't let me go do that, or the Lord's disciplining me, or he's telling, telling me this. I'm not sure about all that, but you have to remember, there's cultural turmoil going on here. There's great care, and God, the Holy Spirit, and this is what we're supposed to draw from us, during difficult cultural times is sensitive enough of when to tell you yes and when to tell you no. Don't do that. What can we learn from it? Listen to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Pay very close attention because he knows all things. Remember, uh, one of the key prophecies about the Holy Spirit coming to us from the prophets of old was, I will be a voice in their ear telling them to go to the left or the right. So he can direct. And when cultural times get really difficult, depend on, here's what our takeaway from this, depend on the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. Now that takes some patience, meditation, and prayer. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, I'm going to butcher some of these names, but after they had come to Mysia, um, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he'd seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of the part of Macedonia, a colony, and we were staying in that city for some days. In doing this, and in looking at this, what you, why do we have to have that detail? The detail is this, is the Holy Spirit took them into places where the gospel could be preached and received. He was very methodically directing their steps. What do we do when we don't want to do, know what to do about our government? Are the things that are going on and the frightening things that we see. 
trust in the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you do that by hearing him and then talking to the other people that are in your circles about it. And say, am I hearing right on this? My heart's really troubled. And get the input of the Holy Spirit even through other people. And uh, therefore, so they did all that. He says, now a certain woman, verse 14, named Lydia, heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. She received the gospel. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So they persuaded us. That was a, I'm not going to get into this one, but that's a whole cultural issue that happened right there. And they, they obeyed the Lord through her persuasion. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaims to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, if you're have ever done church leadership, you'll understand that <laughs> verse right there. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that her hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Ooh, bad, bad, a boom. Not for Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. These guys were business guys in a business realm running a big new uh, multimedia mega thing that had all these apps in it that told us who was right and wrong. And without checking with anybody, decided to censure and uh, tell Paul and Silas they need to shut up. Only Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, which gave them certain rights. Are you getting the, am I doing this well enough that you can get grab the picture of this? So they seized them and dragged them to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. They didn't find out and didn't check that Paul and Silas were Romans also. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Ow. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into a prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Why is that important for us to know? No light, no food, no nothing, can't move, my feet won't let me go. I can't even walk around in the dark, and if I did, I would probably bump my head. Because you have to understand, this is like a cave. This is a pit that they get thrown in, what says the innermost parts of the prison. There's no light down there. There's nothing down there. And then we see here this glorious passage. 
This is phenomenal because it instructs us what to do even when we've been wronged over our rights and the rights that we have. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Can you imagine? You just got beaten. They just got stripped naked and beaten with rods and then thrown in a pit and chained while they're in that pit so that they can't move around. That means everything they do, they're stuck with doing. They're in filth. They're cold. There's nothing there for them. What do they decide to do? Pray and sing. They pray and they sing. It's incredible. They were singing hymns to God and the prisoners, the other people that were there, were listening to them. The other prisoners, the other people that couldn't know, didn't know how to navigate what was happening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. They all fall off. All the prisoners are they can just walk away if they want to. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposed the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself because that's actually what the law required. He was in charge of the prisoners. They escaped. He dies. Good Roman law, right? But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. They didn't go anywhere. They didn't try and escape. They stayed right where they were at. Then he called for a light, being the, the, the prison guard, called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said to them, don't worry about it. It's all taken care of. There's nothing you need to do. Uh-uh. Here's a very important verse. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. They had to believe. They had to look and see what was happening to these two prisoners and go on, What? What do I have to do to have that kind of, that God would take care of me that way? He says, oh, believe on him. Receive him into your heart. And with that, that's when salvation comes. Now remember, these horrible circumstances, they may not have been orchestrated and commanded by the Holy Spirit, but what did he do? He utilized them to bring about the preaching of the gospel that somebody who was very far from the gospel, if he, was, if he was the chief of prisons, he was very high up in the authority structure in the government. And the Holy Spirit used all that and used two guys who were naked and beaten to preach the gospel in such a way that this man and his household gets saved. It's a stunning turn of events. So 
So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved in your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. This was his response. He washed them up. And, you know, and when you say wash them, um, like when you're beaten and you're raw, I mean, you should have seen my finger after the fight with the, with, you know. And I made some decisions of what to do regarding it, right or wrong. I made the decisions. But when you got to clean somebody up that's been beaten bloody raw, it took, and, it, and you, can you imagine this guy has gone from, these are people opposed to the government, to, does this hurt when I wash it here? Are you okay? How do I help it more? Can I put some salve on that for you? He starts cleaning them up. The very person who was in charge of their death pattern now cleans them up. Isn't this a stunning turn of events? It is to me. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God with his whole household. Now listen to the, you know, it's always, I, I've always heard this preached and they always stop there. You gotta read the Dunama. You gotta read the rest. Of, you gotta read the unraveling of what's going on culturally here. Verse 35. And when it was day, the magistrate sent the officer saying, Let those men go. How did the magistrates arrive at that? They were the ones that just threw him in there. So the keeper of the prison reported the words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. And now do they put us out secretly? Mm -mm -mm. They're not going to do that. Let them come themselves and get us out. Let them have, they wouldn't face me. Let, let them come and look, I'm, look at the bruises, look at the wounds on me. And the officers told these words to the magistrates and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. Then they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. So they went out from the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. What do you, what's the takeaways? When there's social upheaval, the enemy of Christ always overplays his hand. We as citizens in heaven place a dependence into who God is and who God is only as our deliverer, our refuge, our strength, our healer. Our role is to pray and sing. But those are huge things because when that happens, the magistrates, the people who are in authority, get called in before a higher authority. They get... Without us accosting anybody with moral judgments and legalism, we stand as ambassadors of God who will make a way for us to receive what God wants us to receive. 
and not be blamed in the way the world wants to blame us, but stand in the purity of the gospel. I'm forgiven. And you can't just beat me up. Look what you did. So, did you do this? Yeah, we did that. Okay, I'll depart in peace now. God makes a way, but he doesn't promise you won't ever get beaten. He doesn't promise that he's going to turn every facet of the government towards our good. What he promises is to be with us in every circumstance. How do we exercise our faith in that? Around that. Around not the circumstances or that God would get us out of the circumstances, but that God would be with us in the circumstances and that it's up to him to decide that justice peace. In today's turmoil, do not get hung up on the words justice and injustice. Get hung up on the words Holy Spirit and Jesus will take care of me. He will. There's things that are wrong in society. All sides of it. If things are wrong, then they're sinful. If you wrestle and go, oh, this group is this or this group is that, moralism will not change anything. Recognizing where sin is will change things because I can recognize sin, confess it, and turn from it. That's the healing. But to demand justice on this earth, I think we will only see that when the Lord returns and it's his justice. And I don't always see all of his justice clearly, but I know what's wrong for me and I know what's right for me. That's what these two guys had down. Paul and Silas understood this. They knew what was right. They knew what was wrong. They struggled through it, but what was their dependence upon? The Lord, my strength, my deliverer, my hope. Do we pray against what's going on in society? What do we pray when it's midnight and we're in chains? Well, I found some real solace. And not just soon, we'll get back to the worshiping together. I found two main passages of prayer that have been a strength for me lately. As I've prayed through things, like you, I'm an American citizen. Like you, I'm angry, scared, and a little confounded by the things that are going on. And the loss of my American liberties and my rights as a citizen. But this is what I found. These are the verses that have meant the most to me in prayer. Look at this one. We'll, we'll read this together. Paul, and we'll go back to an earlier prayer. Ephesians is almost like one huge prayer. Really is. But he, he gets very exact over a couple of passages. And this is prayer. He's praying for them. He, he said that he would grant you, according to the rich of his of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever we are in the forever and ever to all generations 2,000 years later after this is written this still counts how do I pray and get my family through this oh that they would be strengthened in the inner person I can pray this over a two-year-old Lord that their spirit understands God. If they've received the Holy Spirit, whether it two, three, four, they understand. And your prayers around them are, oh God, fill them with strength in the inner person. They would know you and understand your love. And that love would be able to go beyond the knowledge that they have. Now, I'm not stupid. Even at the times when I may look stupid to other people, I'm not stupid, but I need something that goes on beyond being smart. I need the strengthening of the Holy Spirit. So when I pray for you, this is what I was praying for our church all week. Oh, God, strengthen them. Strengthen them in the matter, man. Help them make a right and godly choice, decision. Help them depend on you totally. Go beyond what they could think or ask for and fill them up, God, to overflowing. Boom! You got a prayer. Suddenly, when you pray that prayer, you're exercising your faith that the prayer is true. If the prayer is true and you're exercising your faith around it, what will the Holy Spirit do? Oh, I'll answer the prayer and we'll get rid of all those bad people in Washington. No, we'll be strengthened in the inner person to know what to do beyond our own knowledge, beyond what we could think of. And we can strength, strengthen each other. And then there's this one. God, I got so excited I knocked the battery cover off. <laughs> Ephesians 1.15 there are, therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him. The gospel cannot enter a heart unless faith and revelation kiss. When those happen, um, it's just like birth. You know, have you ever seen the films where they describe human birth and they say, we don't know why it does this. They always say, this is a miracle of nature, that when the sperm meets the egg cell, that why does it create a baby? Well, they can explain it, they can describe it, but they can't tell you why. That's this. 
I can explain it and I can describe it. But until, think of your own life. When the aha moment happened, you got an insight into something and your faith was malleable and it received it. It birthed something within you. And then you said afterwards, I was blind, but now I see. I was deaf, now I hear. Because it opens everything up. That's what Paul's praying for people here. This is what he wants us to pray for people. Another gospel uh, program is not what's going to reach things. We can fill stadiums and it won't reach people. This is what reaches people. Praying for everyone that needs it. When you pray for me, my gosh, pray this prayer. This is the one I want. I want to own this so that on the day that I do that little step over from mortality into immortality, that that's what I'm hearing from the great cloud of witnesses who are there to greet me. You know, grandma and You received it. You received it. Be a receptor. Pray for reception for others. They give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of Jesus. The knowledge of Jesus breaks every cultural yoke. There's, there's so many more things to say about this. But then the, you get the three things. That the eyes uh, of your understanding be enlightened. It's the next major thing to pray for each other. Oh, that your understanding would go boom. Because I like being around you guys. Because when your understanding goes boom, then you're excited. And it's not with the human excitement. It's with the Holy Spirit and you, co-union in Christ, going, yeah, I get it. And it's the game changer. That you may know what is the hope, not of your calling, the hope of his calling. God has a calling. Do you know what the calling is? Jesus and you. He did what he did for you and I. His calling was to save us and to heal us. When I get an understanding of that, every, everything changes. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Not our inheritance. His inheritance in the saints. What's his inheritance? Jesse, Brenda, Mansoor, he called it rich. If I were a rich man. We are rich with this, you guys. This stands against any cultural fight that we could possibly try and win. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also 
Remember when Paul's writing? Also in our age and the ages to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave to him be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. They can throw you in prison, but they can't take Jesus from you. They can take away rights, but they can't take Jesus from you. Well, do we not fight for our rights? Fight for the faith in you. We may lose some rights. It looks like they're already getting sawed up pretty good. But am I going to dwell on that? Or am I going to pray this? I think God would lead us in a co-union with him that he gave Paul this prayer so that we would know how to be unified and what to be unified over. Because we're not all going to think the same thing in unison culturally. But we can receive from the same spirit and go, I agree with you, sister. And, and we pray. And then pray for that, that revelation to come into our own hearts and into the hearts of those around us. Yes? This is how we exercise our faith. This is where, I don't know if this is true or not. Take a chance. Step out in faith. What is, how do you do that? I pray it. I pray it. I pray it for myself and I pray it for others. Oh God, let the eyes of my understanding be opened. If that happens, I don't want to get beat with many stripes and I don't want to spend a night in prison. But if this happens, I can. I can. I can endure all things. I can go through all things. They can take everything from me and you, but they can't take Christ. They are not powerful enough to do that. I am with Christ from now forever. My warfare is ended. I have received him and his glory is great on me and you. I would like to pray for you this morning the way I normally pray. Lord, I pray for the people of New Day Church that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. That within their understanding there would be a no fear zone. No fear of making mistakes. No fear of getting angry. No fear of running away. No fear of being faithless. But then instead, you would fill them with the enlightenment in their hearts that they would know you. That they would really, really know and understand this. That they wouldn't be mad at the times that we're living in. And instead that they would rejoice in the God who has rescued them forever. That you give them understanding. You would cause faith to rise up in their hearts. Even now as we share with one another. That we would understand that we're here to encourage one another. Lord, that you would help us and even take the next step and turn it into a song. To sing a hymn of praise unto you within their own hearts. And that they would do it for each other. 
that we would bless each other even as you are blessing us God I say this this morning over us we are not blessed because of stuff we are blessed because of you we are not blessed because of the circumstances we are blessed because of who you are in us I am a blessed man I am a blessed woman I'm a blessed father I'm a blessed mother I'm a blessed grandpa and I'm a blessed grandma I'm a blessed son I'm a blessed daughter I am a child of God and I am blessed and therefore I pass the blessing on in Jesus name